Where am I? You are the weakest link. Hello. Welcome to the Whovine Review. I'm Michael. I'm Shelby. I'm Colin. I'm Kelsey. And tonight we're going to go straight into the episode Bad Wolf, the penultimate episode of Series 1. And at last, the Bad Wolf comes into play after we've been hearing it all season long. Oh! Yeah, well, we we still don't know what it is, but all we... But it's come into play. <laughs> it has definitely come into play, because the Bad Wolf Corporation owns Satellite 5 now. The game station. Yeah. The, it's, it's a corporation, you know, it's it's a spray painting uh, sign, you know, it's a, it's a name of a helicopter unit, it's a lot of things. It's also 60 floors of Big Brother, my goodness. It's yeah. a plan to have a nuclear meltdown in the middle of London. Yeah, right. <laughs> So, so basically, we start this episode off with the doctor ending up in the Big Brother house. Captain Jack on a um, kind of a face off, a face off kind of show, and then you've got uh, Rose on, Rose the, weakest on link. the weakest link, which is, of course uh, our intro kind of introduced us to. Indeed, very disorienting start here. I, I think it was meant to be that way. You know, I, I always like. Where were we coming from before this episode? What was happening? Yeah, and and I mean, I do like the reference to where they had come from the last episode. Where was that, Michael? Oh, gosh. I'm not going to try and pronounce it. <laughs> the Slovene's home planet. Rex Corco fell victorious. Thank you. <laughs> it's a tongue twister. I'm not even going to try. Um, but uh, Rose can say it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, um, that was a nice little reference, although they did stop in Kyoto, Japan to, uh, in the 1300s, I believe. Yeah. I thought that was kind of a cool little thing. A little adventure we never get to see or, or even hear about. Maybe someone will write a novel at some point. Maybe someone has. Maybe someone has. Maybe good fan fiction out there in the ether. Or, or someone else has. Yeah. Probably. Anyway, so, so yeah, very disorienting and, and very... Chaotic because um, these these are basically death traps. These are games that people are randomly selected from Earth, transported, and and kind of shoved into this system where you either die or you win. And if you win, you live. Yeah. Except for on the weakest link, where apparently you also get some money. That's what he said. I don't know if that's true because well, we never actually. Every, see that. Everyone else seems to. Like know what's going on with the games and how they work, so it kind yeah, of. Yeah, I mean, they're banking money. I feel like you know there has to be something behind that, or I'd hope there would be. But yeah, to be honest, you know the life or death thing really throws the incentives out of whack. I think for proper voting in the game, but yeah. Well, and who knows if people actually get to vote or if it's all just pre-programmed. That's a good point too. They seem like real people moving around, putting signs up. It's very like Hunger Games where people just like are okay with 
people getting murdered for their amusement and nobody's rising up or doing anything about yeah, it. It's pretty dark and they don't even seem to have the pro you know, the promise of, you know, some extra grains, you know, in the season, you know. Yeah, they don't even win anything afterwards. It's like they just live. It's just everyone's kind they... of accepted this reality. Yeah, we don't even know if they're exempt from future games. Yeah. Although and some of the games it sounds like there's it's not even really a game. They just get like murdered. <laughs> Yeah. Like the one where they just turn into compost? Like, yeah. I didn't even hear a game part of that. I was like, oh, it's the composting. Yeah. Well, I think the other really um, deeply horrifying thing about this, maybe the most horrifying really, is is that the doctor inadvertently caused it all by, you know, doing what he normally does, sweeping in, saving things, and then piecing out while everyone else is left to, like, put things back together afterwards. And here's one of possibly many examples that, you know, we just don't know about of, of the Doctor completely screwing things up and not but realizing that. I actually don't think he did because no, it sounds didn't. like the Daleks were, this was their plan from the start, so it almost negates it. And I kind of wish that they hadn't done it that way. Like, maybe the Daleks came in after or something because... This right. way, it's like it's not the doctor's fault. The Daleks is all part of their evil plan. It's like I, I forget whatever that creature Jazzerfest. was. Jaggerfest. in Boomtown, I think it was. Not mm. Boomtown. It was in the Long um, Game. The yeah. Long which, Game. Which, which, whose its title doesn't actually make sense until this episode. It does because it's, it's the Daleks' long game of controlling things. I mean, the Jaggerfest. You know, he was only doing it for like what a century. Daleks, you know, centuries behind them. It sounds like they were using the Jaggerfest just as their own little puppet. I think what the Doctor did was that he came in and took away the Jaggerfest, which is probably what the Daleks wanted. But he indirectly does kind of jumpstart the whole Earth turning into a big smokescreen kind of thing. But it's pre-planned. The Daleks have already obviously... Although, I don't know, it, it could have been, I mean, it kind of seemed like the Daleks' plan might have just been the Jaggerfest, and all the Doctor came and screwed it up, and they were given a new opportunity to really accelerate their plans. I don't know. I, I mean, the Daleks have been planning this for forever, according to the uh, the controller, who was in her in of herself very eerie. Oh, and same, tragic. Very tragic. Is this tragic. the same timeline as, like... The Doctor's story, or is this a different timeline? Yeah. Like, timeline, you mean, like... As in, like, where they took out the... Yeah. Time, time Lords and stuff? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, same thing. It's just that the Daleks seem to have managed to survive in some way or shape or form. It sounds like we'll learn more about that on, upon the next episode. I mean, because if you think about it, we had the Dalek from episode Dalek, who had survived somehow, and... You know, I mean, they, they explained it, but like, one. yeah, but I mean, you know, well, so like, as far as he knew, it was the last one and, you know, like feasibly if one could survive. So are there like alternative timelines, parallel universes in this show, or is it pretty much? There are, but they are not explored in this particular series. And they're not... I mean, you can say they're kind of created all the time, like this seems to be you, a, you'll, you'll always know, it'll be obvious. Timeline. Yeah. Okay. It's like the Doctor certainly, in his mind, has a, has an idea about how the Earth Empire should be right now, and it's not, you know. So yeah. In some sense, it already is an alternative timeline. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. But, I mean, like, the, I think the main part is that in the show we're following the Doctor's timeline, so anything right. that has happened is supposed to happen, whatever is all relative to him. So if we've seen him do something in an episode in the past, then that's, you know, affecting things. But if he hasn't done it yet, then... You know, it's not because we follow him. Right. 
And for all we know, if if he does actually manage to save the day in this particular situation, then maybe that's what jumpstarts the fourth and bountiful human empire. It's not something that has occurred yet. But, it's, but it's since we know that, that Daleks... Exist. Well, so the Daleks have the power of time travel as well. So mm-hmm. any, any species who can travel in time can go back and change things and alter them to an extent. And so this would be one of the things that they went back and altered, which is why the Doctor expected it to be different, because it's only different because a time traveler changed something. Does that make sense? Yeah, kind of. I'm starting to think the Daleks aren't so friendly. <laughs> really? What gave you that idea? I don't know. They don't think they're that scary. I think they're just the way they look and talk is like just makes me laugh. They were they're actually the exact definition of like the thing the creator of Doctor Who just like we'll never have, you know, bug eyed aliens with robotic voices on the show and then they created someone created the Daleks like in the first season and then they just took off. Yeah, it was it was actually the original creator of Doctor Who, Sidney Newman, who didn't want the bug-eyed monsters, and it was Verity Lambert, who uh, who was the producer at the time, had uh, I think his name was Ray. Can't remember his actual last name. Sort of a C. Well, that's all right. It's something like Kuzak or something like that. But he was the one that came up with the design of the Daleks. And Is it a joke? It's the no, actually, it wasn't. He was actually thinking of like a metal tank at the time. Um, with the budget that the BBC had at the time, it kind of turned more, a little bit more, less tank-like and a little bit more salt and pepper shaker turned upside down-like. Um, or maybe just... They certainly function as tanks. Yeah, I mean, they do. And in this case, like, when they brought the Daleks back, they wanted to retain the original look um, from when the Daleks first came to be, but they did upgrade them to, like, metal tanks. And as you can see in the Dalek, it opens up and you can see the creature inside, which... Well, the original ones opened up, too. To a degree, yeah. I mean, we didn't really get to see it happen like quite like this. No, but we see Ian reach in and pull the Dalek out of it and then jump inside, so... exactly. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that that definitely does happen. Uh, But yeah, we have have a lot happening here, you know, even past um, the shows and... I guess within them, we have a feasible Rose death right in there. Yeah. It seems like that should be the, the cliffhanger for the story. I think uh, Kelsey was just mentioning beforehand, and I would agree. Um, you know, it, it seems like an epic moment of, like, did we really lose Rose? Is yeah, this like, the end of the new Rose? That should have been the end of the episode, I I think. Because this one, I don't feel like it's much of a cliffhanger. It's almost like, like oh, ne- I, I don't know. It, it's like it doesn't make me want to watch the next episode immediately. It's kind of like, oh, this is a good stopping off point. I can watch it next week, and I'm not, like, that concerned about it. I think if you were a better Whovian and you were a better Whovian and you were just, like, thinking the Daleks were all gone and they had the grand surprise view. at the end, if you weren't such an average viewer like me and you, I think you'd get sucked in by a whole Dalek army you know, being here when we thought they were extinct, you know, just a few moments ago. This but was very that grand. Was a big, big moment. For, yeah, for, for its time, the, the amount of Daleks just on one ship alone was enough to make a, a fanboy go crazy. But also, 
Um, I should point out that it's one of those scenarios where how the heck are they going to get Rose out of this one? And how the heck are they going to solve this story? By shouting no at the screen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, that was one of Christopher Eccleston's finer moments, I think. Was, oh, man. What, speech. What, yeah, what a great speech. And, and he's really so the, determined. Yeah, and the whole, you know, you have no weapons, no defenses, no plan. And doesn't that just scare you to death? <laughs> I mean... That's kind of how the Doctor operates, and the and a lot of the creatures that are out in the universe tend to fear him because they don't know what he's going to do. And it's usually the fear of the unknown that us humans are so much afraid of. I think just, you know, uh, they, also in, in this season, maybe the, maybe the season before, but definitely the Eccleston era where we saw our first Dalek, I think it was the episode Dalek, I think it really puts just into perspective how massive a crisis this is because you had... One Dalek that was pretty much on the last legs of life that had terrorized the planet and pretty much, you know, was uh, on path to maybe uh, have human extinction on its own. And it was like in an underground bunker the whole time, too. And now we have 2,000 Daleks on a ship and at least 200 ships. Yeah, I think he said about half a million Daleks. Yeah, it's a bit of a crisis. Just a bit. So, I mean... Yeah, but Earth seems pretty lame anyway at that point. Like, they're all just couch potatoes. It's like... Sheep. Releasing a, a Dalek on, like, the Wally ship. <laughs> well, I think they do still have jobs and whatnot. They still have a society of some... It's a, we just don't... We didn't get to see the entire society. That's well, but I mean, the fact that they can't... Uh, there's long periods of times where they can't leave their houses because they can't breathe the air is kind of... In some places, but also, you know, hey, I I work from home right now in this day and age. I'm sure there's a lot more remote capabilities and, um, you know, there could even be some underground workstations and stuff like that. You know, Good point. With yeah. a little bit of imagination, plenty of scenarios are possible. But I wonder, you know, I know Daleks, you know, don't love humans. They, they don't love anything. Um, they, they don't have a good propensity for much other than themselves. I wonder why they keep things going um, in this way. You know? Well, yeah, I, I think they're that reality TV junkies because they knew every single reality TV show. <laughs> they wanted to keep I them think, alive. I think it was the spare. humans that knew the reality TV shows and created them. I don't know. That's a good point. It might be part of the Daleks' evil plot to subject humanity to... 40 seasons of Big Brother in just one year. Yeah. Slowly <laughs> melt their brains and kill them slowly. <laughs> well, I mean, we also don't quite know exactly what the fourth great and bountiful human empire is meant to do in relation to the Daleks. Maybe it'll really affect their overall schemes of things. But as far as why they haven't just blown up the Earth, it's hard to say. Maybe it's because every time they try to do something that... You know, obvious, the Doctor gets involved and screws it up. Maybe, but it almost seems like, you know, the uh, their own antagonist, the, the person kind of pulling the strings, um, you know, who was leading the satellite, who got the Doctor in, it sounds like that's actually what the Daleks wanted. No, no, no. The, you the, know, if that was the No, case. the controller got the Doctor involved Correct. In, by secret. Yeah. Because she was trying to overthrow the right. Daleks. I thought you were saying the Daleks were doing this so they could attract the Doctor. No, no, no. I was saying that the reason scary. they didn't just, like, go and, you know, go full guns blazing to blow up the Earth was because it might attract the Doctor. Well, do they have a weapon that's large enough to blow up the entire Earth? That's also a fair point. I was being a little bit dramatic. I feel like they but... wouldn't need to at this stage of the game. I think they have their tendrils in and they're guiding enough society that they could pretty easily, easily crush 
population. I, I will point out that they did introduce us to uh, Linda with a Y, which is a character that I thought was kind of sweet. 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 Pointless? <laughs> no, not pointless at all. I think she was kind of the one you felt sorry for. She was kind of like the humanity that you were like, oh my gosh, this is going to happen to these people. And it kind of is kind of bittersweet that she gets to go off with the doctor. Of course, I'm not sure what Rose is going to say when she finds out the doctor's allowing this other woman to go join the TARDIS. Why is that bittersweet? Well, I mean, it's just, it, it's like she was, she was hoping that she'd win the Big Brother house thing. Because and, and she would get to live, and instead she right. gets to get off of her horrible planet and this horrible game station and travel the <laughs> universe. I mean, it kind of seems like she, you know, lucked out here. Well, yeah, no, I, I, that's the sweet part, I figured. What's the bitter part? I don't know. <laughs> I was trying to go. I was trying somewhere, trying to go somewhere with that one. But I mean, of death. <laughs> well, well. Also, I mean, I'm guessing the guy that was left behind. We don't even know what happens to him. Well, presumably he, he, won. he won, right? That's, that's we what would. I was I'm guessing like, we would hope he won. He was the last one standing, right? Isn't that the? Well, also since the controller is gone, I mean, it's a little bit of a moot point, isn't it? Yeah, who controls the disintegrator? And either way, he wouldn't have died. He would have just been in a Dalek's world. Yeah, good point. Well, I mean, I think that, by and large, if you end up in the Dalek's world, you get killed. Well, then why do they just kill you? Why would they, like... Right, that's mysterious to me as well. Why like, do they need slaves? All people, or like... What do they eat? Do they eat humans? Maybe that's why they keep them alive. Some organic matter of some sort, I think. Yeah, they, they probably eat humans, and that's that's why they keep them alive. This is, like, their farm store. Yeah. <laughs> Well, any rate, maybe it will all be revealed in part two, which we will view next week. And so rate. they're just searching for Rose the whole time because that one Dalek's in love with her. You mean the mother? You mean you mean the the Dalek that killed itself? Yeah, because yeah, he well. fell in love with her. Well, we thought the whole Dalek race was dead, and it's not. So maybe that one Dalek is still around. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Interesting. Wait, didn't the sun kill it? Like, don't we just open the helmets and the... No, no, no. It it, it put out its little sphere things and it turned just into... Just like, like New Year's 2020 yeah. it, with the new Doctor Who episode, that Dalek's coming back. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. when it happens, I'm the prophet, so... And on that note, Colin, what did you think of this episode? Oh my goodness. I, I have a lot of thoughts about this episode. It's, it's a little disparate. You know, I'm really glad that we're honing into this bad wolf theme. I, I feel like we're really going to get into it in the next episode or here, um, here to answer some questions. <coughs> you know, the Rose potential death, that was, that was pretty emotional and, and big, but, <clears throat> you know, I, we knew it was going to last. We knew it wasn't real. So I, I do think, you know, the reveal of all the Daleks was a pretty epic moment. Um, but, you know, to some degree, I, I found, you know, the uh, views of Big Brother, the weakest link, a little little silly and hokey, to be honest. Um, you know, it's, it was a good way to, to tie into Channel 5 and the whole beam and to open it up. But um, I'm thinking this is really much more of a good setup episode than a standalone strong episode in and of itself. Um, you know, some funny moments. I, I did like Jack and his fashion show. <laughs> that was, that was <laughs> or lack of fashion. <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, it was nice to see them, you know, kind of uh, 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 the doctor just give the word to, to Jack, like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> kind of just break out of that mess and go straight up to the top floor, talk to the controller. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought, you know, 
there were some redeeming qualities, but all in all, it's just okay for me. This is going to get a 7 out of 10. All right, Kelsey? Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't like, super impressed with this episode. Like I was, I said earlier, I really felt like the cliffhanger, like, didn't really hook me. I can wait till next week to see this episode. It's not really, like, gripping me at this point. Um, I mean, maybe it's just because I feel like they do this formula a lot with, like, oh, damsel in distress, and the doctor's gonna go save her, and everything's gonna be okay, and blah, blah, blah. Um, and... I mean, I guess we won't know till next week what actually ends up happening, but I don't know. I'm not that worried about Rose, at least. Um, I, I liked the reality TV stuff okay. I, I thought it was, like, a funny concept, but it wasn't... Again, it was kind of almost like a filler episode in a way with, like, a cliffhanger at the end that makes the next episode, like, seem interesting. But it really almost was a standalone episode, in my opinion. Um... And, yeah, I mean, there were good moments. I think, like, the whole Jack character, I, or Captain Jack, I like him, and I just feel like they had that those two British episodes where he was, like, an important character, and ever since then he's kind of just been, like, a side, like, muscle character or com comic relief. So I was, like, kind of hoping he would have a little more character development, I guess. Um I don't know. This one really didn't do it for me. I, I don't know why, but I just didn't love it. So I'm going to give it like a five. All right. You know, I got to say, Kelsey, you, you really kind of pointed out a really good point at the beginning of this podcast about how the Daleks had planned the whole thing and it really kind of destroys the whole concept of the Doctor causing this, which uh, it kind of put a damper on the whole episode for me. I mean, I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying you're, you're right, and I didn't really think about it that way. So um, that one's got to drop it down for me. I mean, I liked Linda with a Y. I thought she was kind of a sweet, cute character, and sweet. I did think that her appearance in this and her, you know, instant connection with the Doctor was really the only thing that made it seem, you know, possible that Rose actually had been killed, you know, because then it's like, well, there kind of is someone who could replace her type thing, and, uh, you know, that whole thing. I did think that it's exciting seeing the whole Dalek army just coming and being there and having like an entire war basically that's going to be taking place. I thought that part was pretty gripping, but again, it's sort of just like an opener for the next one. Um, I felt really bad for the controller. I felt like yeah. that was just a very tragic story. Um, kind of reminded me of Minority Report a little bit too. What a valuable martyr though. Yeah, seriously. And um, yeah, I thought that the concept was, was definitely interesting. Um, but overall, yeah, I think that I mean I enjoyed this episode, but it maybe wasn't phenomenal. So I'm gonna give it a six point five. Scratch that, I'm gonna give it a seven. Good idea. Okay. Um in retrospect, going back to 2005 when I first saw this episode I truly did think that Rose had been killed off actually when I first saw it because of the whole introducing Linda with a Y yeah of course I was a classic Doctor Who fan so I could sense that there may have been this push for Linda in case they decided to remove Rose um, and being that it was a newer show I didn't think they were going to hold back on the possibility of killing off 
companions. It, I mean, they had done it in the classic series very rarely, but it happened. So I wouldn't be, I wasn't going to be surprised. But then again, it, it seemed a little bit quick because at this point we already knew that Christopher Eccleston was leaving. So it was kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, so Rose is leaving too, which I guess may, may, may have made it make a little more sense to me at the time. I mean, they were the two big name actors. Yes, they were. They were definitely there. Um, I really liked Captain Jack in this episode. Actually, I have to disagree with you there. Captain Jack um, obviously was there for a little bit of show and tell, but man, he got some really good jokes in there. More show than tell, I'd say. <laughs> definitely more show than tell. Um, uh, but yeah, he's um, Captain Jack. You just gotta love. I mean, in front of. You've got, what, 10 million viewers right now looking at me naked? <laughs> Your viewing figures went up. Um, there's just, I don't know, at the time that I first saw this, I, I didn't think there was, I was so enthralled with what was happening, and then I had to deal with a cliffhanger as to what was going to happen next. And I did feel like there was definitely a threat to the people that were there. Because nobody knew at the time what in the world was going to happen next. We didn't. There was very little known about what was happening in the next series. So, um, I think for me, this episode was actually just fun. It was the fun opening to a two-part epic finale, and I think the stakes were so high in this particular episode that we hadn't seen this kind of um, like large. Um, series finale before it never really had come to this spectacle so this was kind of new and because it was more modern i think a lot of doctor who fans really kind of fell in love with the concept of the of wow how big can we get here and what what's how are we going to get out of this um i do agree it would have been much better if it, well it, not much better but it would have been interesting if they had let the doctor be the one to um alter Earth's reality and then and then kind of just kind of discover what they could have come up with to fix that um, and maybe the dogs got involved because of his um, tampering with with the past but I mean I don't know the the fact that the Daleks are actually trying to create this reality anyway kind of makes sense because the Daleks they're patient. They'll do whatever they can or whatever they want to do. And, and you never know when they're going to show up. But when they do, oh, wow, here they are again. Um, overall, I think this episode was just uh, fun, exciting. And so I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Whoa. Wow. Um, this is one of my favorite episodes from all of the first four seasons of Doctor Who. So... Uh, I mean, I, what can I say? So, there you have it, folks. It's, it's been said. So, this was a, a nice opening to a, another two-parter. So, please stay tuned for what is yet to come. I must give out a little bit of news. Um, just so everybody if that hasn't heard the news, um, John Berriman, who does play Captain Jack, was actually involved in a rather serious neck injury oh, no. uh, this past week. Um, I think he was doing a he was doing one of his shows... He was sent to the hospital, and he had to cancel all of his shows for at least a week. Okay, um, so he's not, like, paralyzed or anything. He's that not, but he's they're, they're watching him very carefully. He's recovering fast, but, I mean, it was serious enough where they didn't know what was going to happen. Any neck injury is serious. Yeah. Yes. So, 
hats off to John Barrowman. John, we really do hope that you recover quickly and that you're okay. Um, and um, with that note, have a great night, everyone. Bye. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. <laughs>